0: Welcome, welcome to Game Over Montreal. That was a fantastic performance from Jake the Snake Allen, who continues to, I I don't know why he hates the Detroit Red Wings so much, but that's two absolute game-breaking performances in a very short time to start this season in Detroit. Did the Habs deserve this one? Questionable. But the fact is, they hung there and uh, they kept on playing well, especially at even strength. They outbattled some bad penalty calls. Mike Hoffman scored twice. Who would have ever predicted that? I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hoffman. I want to talk about Jake Allen. I want to talk about Jonathan Kovasevich, who I thought had one of his best games of the season tonight. And of course, we're going to talk about the hit by Yuri Slav- Slavkovsky to end the game. That, well, the regulation portion of the game. Uh, putting the Canadians down for five minutes that ended up being only three. But uh, yeah, we'll get to it. Got a great guest with me today. Got Max Van Hoot. Van Hoot and uh, he's going to be joining me in a second from 919 Sports. But first, you want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada Sportbook. Football continues. The World Series is over, though. And the hockey season is well underway bet pregame live in play or on one of our many prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out join now and see all sports betting has to offer head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn that's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn ontario only 19 plus please play responsibly and as always if you or anyone you know or love has an addiction, or is struggling with gambling, there are resources in the description of this video or this podcast if you're listening on the podcast to help you get out of it. All right, I'm going to welcome in my guest now. How are you doing tonight, Max? Andrew, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, compared to where I was hosting this show last year, Max, the (laughs) fact that I can finish these games and be entertained instead of like struggling for something to talk about... It is a breath of fresh air continually
1: uh i i can uh completely completely understand you because uh, two years ago in the pandemic shortened season the one that they wanted to the Stanley up i hosted a, in french a similar type of show and in the same season i went through all those because they started great then they lost i don't know like So at some point, what, 16 out of 20 or something? Then went all the way to the cup. So I can fully understand what you mean compared to last season. Uh, This year, it's much, much more fun watching and talking about the games.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that keeps on becoming a storyline is the player that top line, right? Caulfield, Suzuki, and Doc. Uh, Again, I thought they were pretty strong tonight, even though they didn't factor into the scoring during the game. I thought they made a lot of really strong plays. But I guess the the guy that we really have to start the show off with, and you know, hats off to him, Jake Allen, who oh, in the Detroit Red Wings organization pissed off Jake Allen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea our fa- how far from the Caesars Arena is the Termac in Detroit, but man, the the Habs gotta get there quick because I thought you were. Extremely nice in your uh, introduction, saying that you're not sure they deserve that game. To me, they did not deserve that game at all. It's a a stolen game by Jake Allen. And quite frankly, I I don't know about you. I I kept looking at the the scoreboard, you know, during the overtime where, you know, they have the shots right there. I couldn't believe that the Habs had over 30 shots in that game because quite frankly, I didn't see Ville Husso that much. It felt like they were always in the Habs territory. Uh, We're going to have to talk about how easily the pucks went through the Habs defense tonight and Jake Allen just gave a clinic tonight. Shout out to him.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of pucks going through the middle of the ice and Allen's side to side work. I feel like he's more explosive and more controlled this year than last year. And Maybe yeah. those groin had something to do with it last year. I thought he still had a, a decent season last year, but he just looks significantly improved in that area, and he's had to be. It's been a pretty consistent issue all season. that The Canadians do let pucks go through the middle. It's crazy. It's. I mean, it's, I guess uh, that's an inexperienced decor, right? But it's not like the veterans aren't letting those pucks through either.
1: No, exactly. And the main difference so far this year to me is goaltending. I talked about it, so obviously this uh, on my on my radio show. But uh, obviously these ain't uh, the 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 numbers adjusted for tonight's game. But both uh, Montembeau and Allen, so far this season, are in the top fifteen of the league in GSAX per evolving hockey, whereas last year. I don't think either of them was even in the top 30. So you're getting quality starts from both your goaltender. So you're in those games. Uh, you're in games that you have no business being in. And sometimes you win some like you did tonight. So to me, so far this year, one of the big storylines is the difference in goaltending. And it's kind of a... I don't know what, how you feel about this, but it I almost feel not bad, but it, it's kind of cool right now because Samuel Montembeau deserves more start, the way he's yeah. playing. But also, Jake Allen, I was feeling that if he had a rough night tonight and Montembeau, I'm guessing, tomorrow has a great one against Vancouver, I was like, okay, maybe give Montembeau a Pittsburgh Saturday. But uh, apart from a few starts recently, Allen is not giving the space either. So you really have quality goaltending from both of them. And uh, I would not be surprised if at any point during the season, maybe Sam takes a bit of a of some leap and take some starts from Allen, and maybe Allen will step back and then uh, get his groove back. And we have seen so far in his career for Allen that one of his problems is when he has too many starts. So maybe this can only be good for the team if Montembeau keeps playing like this, and uh, Allen will stay fresh and keep this level of play if Montembeau can play good too.
0: Yeah, it's something to watch. Uh, I th- I feel like Montembeau has been, like you mentioned, so strong that they're going to have to throw some more starts this way. So this is Allen's ninth game in 13 13- yeah. Uh, possible starts which is probably too much right like in an ideal world just to load manage Allen a little bit so he he doesn't get injured and doesn't get worn out they're probably looking at like 50 to 52 starts this year right like that that seems like the sweet spot for him he's not prime carry price where you can run him 65 70 games a season i mean even prime carry price that didn't last right because his body wore down and and gave out on him it's not something that you can really do with most goaltenders in the modern nhl i think the only guy who really does it is Connor hellebuck right yeah. even even hey, uh,
1: vasilevsky even yeah. does yeah a bit but not that much actually
0: yeah they i think they try to like keep him around the 60 game mark right if they yeah. can but it it's it's something to be to be watchful of is as, as great as Allen was tonight i feel like Even in his games that look like off games, like the Vegas game, right? Where he let in six or one was an empty netter. So he let in five, but it was like three in the span of like four minutes or something where it just like, he had this one span where he wasn't great. And to be fair, the defense was horrific in front of him, but the rest of the game, he was fantastic. So it's kind of odd that he has like these spurts where he's not sharp, but for the most part. Just incredibly sharp this year.
1: Yeah, and you know, you say it's kind of odd. At the same time, this is what you get. You know, the, the guy was mm-hmm. brought in to be a very good backup to an aging Carey Price to try and manage Carey Price, and now he's a number one goaltender. He, he's capable of doing it, but like we said, uh, it, I mean, he's not a, he's not a 20, uh, 20 year old youngster anymore. So we we can. Uh, He has a career path that we can rely on and he is a guy who is better when he plays somewhere between 35 and 50 games. So it fits the narrative at the same time of a healthy Jake Allen. So yeah, no, it's been fun, and obviously as a as a big goaltending guy myself, you know, I I really enjoy watching it so far this year, and uh, I, I enjoy when they're both playing. There's a bit of a difference in their style too, and it's been it's been really good too watching Samuel Montabo. Like I know we joked about it on Twitter. Clearly that wrist last year was no, it was not an over uh, an overstatement to say the wrist was. Um, really making him uncomfortable in front of the net. So uh, no, really, Jake Allen tonight to me first star of the game by a mile. Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: I feel like montembo One of the things that I've enjoyed about him this year is his puck tracking has been so much more on point. You can tell that he's seeing the game a lot better than he was last year, and like clearly the wrist was holding him back as well. Like just in the back of your head, that must mess with you a little bit as a professional athlete and. Let's face it, he had one of the worst goaltending situations a young goaltender could possibly have last year because it was not an easy job. But I'm happy for for both of them that they're getting a great start to the season. Uh, I want to ask your opinion on this, Max, because it seems to be the fan base is divided, not in a meaningful way, I don't think, but you know... (laughs) You know, like some people are a little bit antsy about how strong Montebo and Allen have been so far and like the top line getting it done that they're ruining the tank. Now, I look at <laughs> I look at like the underlying numbers for this club so far this season. and I think they're like fourth last in expected goals at five on five and like third last. If you include special teams, eventually they're going to have a run here the The tank will be very clear, you know. When like Cockfield and Suzuki go on a, a little bit of a cold streak, because it happens to everyone. If it can happen to yep, Austin Matthews, exactly. it can happen to them. This team will look bad for stretches. I'm
1: not concerned that they're going to be outside of lottery position. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel the same. I feel the same for a few reasons. You have uh, mentioned. Um, you have mentioned the, the goaltending. It really is part of it, but. To me, it's mostly, and it's funny you you said that, I was taking note during the game, and one of them is uh, about how maybe uh, we are starting slowly but surely to see uh, this real team, if I may say it like this, like the real Montreal Canadian. What I mean by this is, um, so I don't know if it technically counts because they both scored in the shootout, but this is the first win of the season without Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield on the scoreboard. Uh, without both of them on it, because uh, there was the Buffalo win in which Caulfield had an assist. Other than that, every win, they were both on the scoreboard, and more often than not, they were on the scoreboard uh, for many goals. Uh, I don't know if you saw that graphic during the game. I didn't even realize that. They are the duo, duo who uh, participated so far on the most uh, goals uh, percentage of their teams. I mean, freaking German Goat, idol and Mick Jesus, who literally by themselves have almost as many points as Caulfield and Suzuki together don't participate to that many goals of the Oilers as they do. So you've said it, not only will they have a cold streak at some point, when that cold streak happened, unless Hoffman continues what he did tonight, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It it will result in losses. It will result in losses. And that is if we touch some wood, uh, they don't get injured. So far, Nick Suzuki has an Ironman streak. Uh, For him, I wish he keeps going. Same thing for Cole Caulfield. But to me, this is what is unsustainable. When you are so dependent on two guys, and maybe three now, because Kirby Doc, I, I don't know how you felt about him, but again tonight, I feel like suddenly he is in the chair. Uh, that fits for him. I know we, they brought him probably to try and be the guy behind Suzuki. I have no problem if, all right, let's find another guy behind Suzuki. You have time for that. Uh, to me, that's the that's the key. I, I am in the same boat as you. I'm enjoying watching the game right now. Uh, I think they will get back in the lottery. And say we are wrong, I am not as bothered by it that I would have thought I would be uh, for uh, the reason that uh, the kids are doing great. The reason I felt it was important for the Habs to be a top three team again this year is the quality of the the three guys that are there: Bedarf and Tilly and uh, I always forget his name, Muchkov, uh, the, yeah. the Russian guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, and I feel that when you look at the great teams that win cups and that are in the in the, the 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 window of cups for a long period of time, all of them, except maybe the Blues when they won, have at least like a bona fide franchise player like that would be a franchise player on most teams in the league i was not sure if the habs had that guy but suddenly i think suzuki might turn out to be the defense the young defensive corpse i did not know if there was a bona fide number one in this i am extremely impressed with both ghoulie and harris so the fact that these guys might be a little higher than i thought they were this is the reason that i would not be as mad if the halves ended up drafting between five and ten, that I would have thought I would have been at the start of the season.
0: Yeah, I feel like Suzuki. The most impressive thing about this start, because like obviously the goal scoring probably won't last this much because he's not as good of a goal scorer as what he showed so far. Like he's not going to score forty yeah. goals, I don't think. But the most impressive thing to me is he's doing this, playing so well when all the pressure is on him, and it's his first season as captain. And he's what twenty three. Like you look at how handling the captaincy for the Canadians has affected other players, and like I don't want to trash him because I really think he doesn't get enough respect as like a career Montreal Canadian. But Max Pacioretty, like it, it caved him in, you know, like emotionally. Yeah, it did. He he could not handle that pressure. And Suzuki, as we've seen before in the playoffs, he doesn't care. Like it just rolls off. He's cool as a cucumber. Yeah, he's like forward carry Price right? I, and I, I
1: like that. I like forward carry price. That's good. <laughs> That's we'll, really good.
0: We'll stick with that one. And I do want to talk right. about Kirby Doc as well. Before I do, though, I got to tell everybody that if you're uh, enjoying the show, please like and subscribe because we need you for growth. There's a ton of people in here right now. We've only got, I think, 14 likes in the video. So if you like the show, it helps us grow in the YouTube algorithm. We are a slave two algorithms in the world right now. That's the way it works. All these companies control everything and they show how much we can be shared and all that. And hey, if you want to directly influence how many people are watching this show, click that share button right now and put it on your social media, whichever one uh, you use the most, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Throw the show up there right now. Get more people in here. Exactly. Hit the thumb. Smash that like button. Hit the bell after you subscribe. All that cool stuff. All right, Kirby Doc. I have like one minor criticism of Kirby Doc because I love everything else. I wish that he would have the confidence to carry the puck in himself. I feel like he, he is always looking for Suzuki as he approaches the blue line. And I know that he has the puck skills to do it because when he's not with Suzuki, he does it. But if he could carry the puck in and kind of drive the net a little bit, I feel like he opens so many more options up and he becomes somebody who can score as well as just
1: make those playmaking moves. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's interesting because my main concern, I guess, would be with Kirby Doc is, uh, I, I remember uh, junior Kirby Doc and it might just, I don't know, maybe uh, like uh, looking back, my, it's my memory that isn't as uh, good or whatever, but I, I felt like he was more physical. I felt like he was more using that body of his. He's a big boy. Um, uh, He he is much more. And during preseason, I remember the first game of preseason, he played, and I was like, oh, wow, much more of a finesse guy than I remember. And I kind of wish he had a bit more. uh, I don't know if you have the same uh, saying in English, but in French, we say you have sandpaper to the game. Yep. yep. A a guy who has that. Uh, I I wish he had a bit more sandpaper to his game, because I feel that if he had that, he would be an even better. Compliment to Suzuki and Caulfield. In fact, if you could just like Lindsay Lohan, Freaky Friday, Jimmy Lee Curtis, J- Josh Anderson, and Kirby Doc like together and smash them, I feel like you have oh the God. perfect player It'd be for, a superstar. For and well, yeah, he would probably be the best player in the league now that you think about it. So it might be too much of an extreme, but you, you understand what I mean? Like, the, the, yeah, that little gritness to it. I wish he had that. But uh, so far, I mean, it's been working so well with these two. And obviously, if he could have been left-handed, because uh, there was that pass to Suzuki. I think it was in the first period. So Suzuki was in his, uh, on his backhand. Uh, had he, had one of those guys been a lefty on this, that was a goal. That was a clear goal. So three righties, uh, so far, it's not affecting them too much, but it's always something that I look at. Even in my beer league, I try and not put three righties on the same line. So, but it's, uh, you know, what can change that, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, In an ideal world right yeah on a rebuilding team not many things are ideal but that line just continues to do great things yeah i I feel like doc could definitely be a little bit more physical but i wonder if like him leaning into the physicality in chicago was one of those things where it it was like the bergevin model of like you've got this square peg or we're gonna shove it in the round hole and he always wanted to be a finesse guy but they're like you're a big guy hit guys yeah. and it kind of derailed his game a little bit yeah. but maybe as he gets more comfortable he'll bring a little bit more of that to his game yeah. i feel like he's really strong along the boards that's where like his like quote-unquote sandpaper comes from uh, right now like he just wins battles constantly yeah. and you know plays that look like they're gonna die he ends up just getting to puck to pucks with his reach or just uh, out muscling guys a little bit moving his body in front of them and uh, continuing to keep plays alive so i feel like the progression there is going to be really interesting to watch as well because uh, he's still a young kid
1: he is he really is he's 21 i i really like what you said about uh fitting a square in a, in a circle or vice versa because it made me think you talk about bergevin uh, and think of it it's pretty much early max patch already everybody wanted yep. him to be a power forward because he had the shape for it but the dude's a sniper he's just a big sniper sniper so maybe yeah maybe there's a there's a lot it's more of a the same thing with doc and like you said it's still early build so there is time for slavkovsky to bring that grit there's time for i don't know like a guy to be drafted or maybe alex stock little brother i don't know i'm just speculating here but there is time to find somebody else who brings that grit to the team
0: all right speaking of Slavkovsky let's let's pivot right into him because yes everyone wants to talk about that hit I have what might be a mildly controversial opinion on that hit
1: oh I don't think
0: it it was that big of a deal I I think it's okay it I think I see what he was doing there because Luff kind of took the puck I think it was on his backhand because he he's a righty I think and he tried to bring it to his forehand and like he was going to turn his body and Slavkovsky was anticipating that but he fanned on the puck and then went back and he's already engaged on the hit so he was anticipating where Luff was going to be and yeah. making that hit where he was thinking he was going to go into his side but you, you can't anticipate where a guy is going to go and hit them in the NHL it's just not how it works so it's like a bad hit from that perspective but I don't think it was that hard and I don't think he's going to get
1: a suspension. it was not that hard uh, okay it's funny because uh, the reaction that you have to this one is a bit the one that I had to uh, Anderson's one mm-hmm. whereas uh, what I meant what I mean is uh, you know of course if you look Anderson's hit slow motion it looks dirty it looks whatever you want it was dangerous yes it was dangerous I agree with that I did not think it was dirty because in the fraction of a second that an NHL game happens uh, Pietrangelo turned around and yeah it was dangerous deserved two game cool. I kind of felt, and I can't wait to see it again, because my first reaction to Slav's hit tonight was, oh, like the numbers were there for a long time. The yeah. numbers were there and he went for it. I agree with you that slaff's a big dude. but It wasn't that hard, but being a big dude, it will will always uh, seems bigger. But I, I felt like it was a bit more dangerous in the sense that he, he had time. Turn around and not make the hit. That is the part that I didn't like. But uh, I, I, I think he could get. A, I would not be. Uh, I would not be mad if he had a two-game suspension. I would not also be mad if he didn't get a suspension. I don't think it's a dirty hit as much as it is a dangerous play. He has, he has to learn though, and yeah. there's a lot of these plays lately, like guys hitting other guys in the numbers. I feel like to me this is so basic that you do not do that. I did not like the hit. I think the kid's gonna learn, but uh, I don't think your opinion is that controversial. Like it's not, it's not the most dirty thing I've seen in my life.
0: Yeah, I mean it definitely. I feel like uh, Josh Anderson's just the speed of it. The way it happened was, yeah, it just yeah. changed. Like it's a total different conversation for, like, player safety, right? Because Anderson might not have had time to slow up on that hit because he was going at Mach 3. You know, he was... He always he was going to make <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, like, he was going in to, like, spark the team, right? Whereas I feel like uh, yeah. Slav was trying to make a play, like a legit hockey play, and then it just went bad on him, and it it is yeah. on him to have recognized what was happening and not make that hit he has to pull up. But it's, like... I don't know. I wouldn't have called even like a major on that, to be honest.
1: Okay. Okay. The, the, did you feel the hit was hawk, uh, Sorry, awkward. because yes. What I mean by this is, you know, when you watch, um, wherever you're watching this, you know, when when games start being played with contacts. So in Quebec, it it happens in bam tam if you are in the double letters. So you're like, I don't know, 13, 14 years old or something. And so when when you first get in those leagues, when you're young, and uh, you, you see a tons of Awkward hits that you go like the guy didn't was it was not dirty, was anything, it's just you're learning to hit, yeah, you're learning to time the hit, you're learning to uh do it at the right time in the game, all of this, and not just like, woohoo, we can hit now, let's hit everybody. Um, so it felt kind of like that to me, it really felt more like a learning curve, like a kid, like you don't even go for the hit there, but like you said, even him, when I see he was awkward, it was kind of like he pushed a little, he did not really like go fully into it. So it, to me, it's dangerous. And like I said, in the sense that he had time to see that the guy was clearly his back to him. Uh, but other than that, like I said, it's more awkward than dirty. Yeah, I, I fully sense. agree.
0: I feel like with, with Slav, like every time you watch him after a play, he's got like this deer in headlights look. And I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not being critical of him so much as like, it's rare for an 18-year-old to excel in the National Hockey League. It just is. Yeah, And he's got that like big lanky body where like you can look really awkward if you're not really on it and like even when when he got hit by Marco Rossi right and just got doubled over into the boards I was like what the heck is going on here like this tiny guy compared to you knocks you down he just wasn't paying attention he was like done with his shift even though he still had the puck and it's it's stuff like that where I, I feel like we're gonna see Slavkovsky two years from now and we're not gonna see any of that and he's just yeah. gonna be a fully confident
1: nhl and that might be scary a, I like i feel it's funny because you know i love uh i love observing a game making my own observation like for myself like taking notes and whatever and not commenting too much like anybody who follows me on twitter know i'm more about memes and shit posts and whatever <laughs> than deep analysis on twitter but i love like making my my own uh analysis and then just Comparing and I feel often this season, maybe it's because my expectation for Slavkovsky for a first overall pick were kind of low. But every every time after a game, I'm like, Oh, I like this and this and this about his game. And oftentimes I see like comments like, Wow, he was the worst player out there, he was the worst player I like. What do you what are you expecting, man? Like uh, Steven Stemko didn't come in and burn the league the first year. Vanilla Cavalier neither. Uh if you look no at the yeah, Joel Thornton is a really great example. If we look like closer to us, I mean, Laffy still not the player we thought he was gonna be. I have Capo Caco in my keepers pool since he's been in the league and he has not done anything yet. Uh, but with Slavkovsky, I like the potential that I see. Like you see, like you're saying, like you look at him and you can see if the progression curve goes according to plan, you can see yourself in four years looking at this guy and being a dominant big dude in the NHL. And to me, that that is the only thing I ask for him this season. I don't care what the stat line is at all this year. I want to see the little things here and there, and I want to see constant progression. And I know I don't know how you feel about it, but so far this year, I personally see the progression, even though he's still on the fourth line right now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm seeing it uh, every, pretty much every game. I find he he adds something else to his game, or he tries something yeah. new, and <clears throat> yeah. sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. But I think you can see his confidence getting better every game. And uh, I know that uh, Stu Callan hates that he plays with one hand on his stick sometimes, but I find he does that really How effectively. I do. Like, Like he, he uses one hand to kind of go around guys while entering the zone and maintains control of the puck pretty well. So,
1: yeah, it
0: might be one of those things where he's just really strong on his stick, and so he's comfortable doing that. But you know, I feel like also his defensive reads have gotten a lot better, which is something that 18 year olds often struggle with. And hey, He's already matched uh, Joe Thornton's rookie goal-scoring output.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's unfair. Big Joe's never been a goal-scorer. Come on, man. True,
0: but hey. Come on, Andrew. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, so uh, he's matched him. I I like
1: what you're saying about the one-hand thing, though, because um, I I feel uh, I'm going to make a a comparison. You know how Aaron Eggblad came into the league, and he was already a 25-year-old in an 18-year-old body. Yeah. And... So you look at this and often as hockey fans, we look at this and we're like, oh, my God, this dude is going to come in and be so good so early. And a lot of time um, I feel, I don't know, I don't have any biological studies or whatever. Sometimes I feel like we're wrong on this. And this is actually a disadvantage because when you are physically bigger than everybody earlier, you dominate. And yep. Let's just take a look, tennis fans that are listening right now. Look at Felix Auger-Yassime. The dude was 6'3 in the juniors already, physically dominating. He was a man with boys. Now he is a man among men. He cannot just simply by being bigger, dominate. I I talk about Aaron Eckblad because for I really really like Aaron Eckblad But after a few years, I was like, oh, maybe he will never be the defenseman that I think because he has been used for too long to just be bigger than everybody, and he is not anymore. He has finally learned to uh, be still a dominant player in the NHL. And so you're talking about the one hand thing. It's it was probably so easy for him to do in the junior because, like you said, you're strong on your stick. I I am a colleague uh, with George Larac at the radio, and I've played hockey games with him, and it's uh, both ball hockey and on ice hockey and it's just phenomenal sometimes you just see him hit a puck with one hand or a ball with one hand and like exactly like that and the ball just goes you're like oh damn you can do this as a human being well slaffy if he keeps getting bigger and stronger, wrist and all that, maybe he will be able to do it in the NHL. But for now, he does need to learn. I agree with uh, with Stu common on this. That uh, if it's not your average seventeen-year-old defenseman behind the net, it's Victor Handman. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah Victor yeah. Handman can outplay you with one hand. too, you know?
0: And he's a lot stronger than you, I would guess, because he's got probably
1: more fast strength. Or handsome. God, I hate Victor Hedman. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't love Victor Hedman on their team? <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of uh, you know players who are making a little bit of progression, what did you think of Evgeny Dadonov tonight? Because this is a guy, obviously, that hasn't done a lot this season, has been kind of trashed by the fan base from what I see on Twitter anyway. I think you could kind of start to see his game pick it up a little bit tonight. and. Wow. I think that what I see from Dadnov pretty much every night is like, you can see the skill, but he's like a little bit behind the play. And I just wonder if there's like a timing issue or if he like, wasn't ready to start the season, not trying to like start a rumor or anything. I'm just trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Cause we know from watching him that this is a guy who can play in the NHL, who can score in the NHL, but we haven't seen that yet this season, but I feel like today was a marked improvement.
1: You, you know what? We might finally, we're what? We're, we're at a half hour mark. We might <laughs> finally have a debate here tonight. Cause no joke. I wrote in my, uh, in my notes. And since I had not spoken in English for a long time, I practiced and wrote <laughs> my notes in English. And I wrote, where's dato? Like, no joke. Wait, wait like, Where's Waldo? like I did not see him at all tonight. He had ter- I just checked to be sure he had 13 minutes of playtime. time uh, to me he was wearing Harry Potter's invisible cape uh, invisibility cloak, sorry. Uh, like at least, even though Joe Drouin did that terrible play at the blue line. Oh, uh, I felt so on bad for Power you. play. I did. At least, you know, I, I can see him trying. Uh, Mike Hoffman tonight, you know what? I'm not a big Mike Hoffman fan, but all I want from Mike Hoffman is be in that damn spot he was in twice yep. and don't miss the net. He did it tonight, at least. I did not see that enough tonight. I did not see him. And you know what? I guess the positivity in this is, well, I did not see him, so probably he did not cost too many things in his back backhand. That's, uh, back that's end. true, too. Because uh, even uh, I
0: remember in I preseason, he had like a couple of good games, but every game in like the last minute or two, he would have this horrendous giveaway. And yeah. that's been like every game that he's played this year, except for this one, he would just create this immediate goal against by making a terrible play. So at least he didn't do that. But yeah, Hoffman, obviously uh great game from him tonight. Finally getting off the schneid. I wonder if that's. Giving him enough
1: confidence that he'll be able to score a couple. Because gosh, I hope, I hope that's 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 literally the only reason he's there for. Yeah, you know, I, I was watching Mike Hoffman tonight, and we have all at some point in our life, lives known a Mike Hoffman. Everybody who has played hockey, there is this guy. You look at him in practice, you look at him in warm up, you look at Mike Hoffman with his slick back hair and all that, and he, he, the guy looks more talented than almost everybody on the ice. Yep. And yet you look at the score sheet after a few games and then the guy you don't notice wearing number 11 called Brendan Gallagher has triple his stats. And you're like, why? Why is it? Well, it's because Mike Hoffman, you know, he's your average talented beer guy who likes to score goal and that's it. And it's okay. When you're the Senators' version of Mike Hoffman, when you're the Panthers' version of Mike Hoffman, the one that was scoring from twenty-five to thirty-five goals a season, but now that he has, well, he, had, he has three now this season with the with the two goals tonight. I think yep. he had only one. In terms On of the, pace for
0: twenty goals now.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not enough. No, when you're Mike not. Hoffman, twenty goal. When you're Paul Byron, twenty goal is great. great. When you're Mike Hoffman, 20 goal, like, I don't want Mike Hoffman on my team if he scores scores 20 goals a season. So I hope, I hope, if it can just give him, to have some little stretches here and there and get his totals higher, honestly, only to trade him, maybe next year in his case, because he has a year left, and quite frankly, unless... I don't know, David Pasternak suffer from an amputated legs and the Boston Bruins are really deep <laughs> in problems. I don't see anybody wanting two years, well, a year and a half of Mike Hoffman. But let, let's hope. Let's hope for the guy because that's literally, personally, I literally don't see what else this guy brings to the table.
0: No, I, I feel like when they do trade Hoffman, it's going to have to be they're holding back half the salary, right? Cause- oh,
1: yeah, yeah if and you can add, considerations <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's not going to be a high draft pick i don't think at this stage but it, if no. you can add a mike hoffman for like two and a quarter mil it's a little bit maybe appealing for some yeah. team that like needs some secondary power play scoring but other than that it's it's going to be a, a, a tough uphill battle to get that moving not to trash hoffman on a night where he scores two. I will say we gotta <laughs> give like uh, Gallagher credit for creating both those goals. Like I know he can't finish still, but uh, he's the motor that drives that line.
1: I love Gallies this year. I love Gallies this year. Um, Me too. Like you said, he is not finishing yet, uh, but at least the the spark is back. I guess. Yeah. Last year there was guy was uh, I don't know like. He, the soul that has always been such a big part of his play was not there. That was worrying. Uh, this is back. I mean, the guy is... Uh, has he turned 30 or he's going to turn 30 at some point? I know he's my Just turned so, uh, 30. Okay, just turned 30. Um, so, uh, yeah, he will never be uh, four seasons ago, Brendan Gallagher. And, I mean, the contract is there. We can talk all we want about the contract. It's signed. is there. It's there. So, if he brings this for a full 82-game season, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm really, really happy with it. Maybe if you do, uh, I don't know, in a, when Stavkovsky starts getting a bit better, maybe he is on the other side and maybe this creates some kind of something interesting. I don't know. But uh, at least the guy is back to being the the spark that he has always been. And like you said, tonight he, he created... Uh, the the two goals, the two offman goal by shooting to the net, and when when Galli became a thirty goal scorer, it's because he started shooting more. Uh, if you look, like there was a drastic raise in the number of shots he was taking from those earlier seasons of his career to the middle. And if he keeps taking those shots and creates rebound, it will create opportunities. Maybe he won't get the goal, but at least he creates opportunities, and I love that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that that line with the uh, Dvorak and Anderson before Anderson went and got himself suspended it was a decent line you know like not an there ideal is. second line in the NHL probably but I feel like that line and the first line were doing their jobs the first line yeah. was getting all the goals obviously but it was it was working well so they've got two lines and then they've got Monaghan and Monaghan yeah. and uh that's that's pretty much it although Slaff has <laughs> got uh, a, cu- a couple goals there on the fourth line but uh that's about I all I love that
1: Today, uh, Bob Hartley on the, on our morning show said, wait a minute, I, need, I just need to perfectly translate this in English because it was great. He said, uh, Monaghan's line tonight, uh, we call this a helicopter line. And so Jay Z goes, "Why?" He said, well, "There is no wings on the yep. helicopter." <laughs> that's very accurate.
0: It's exactly <laughs> oh, how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would love to
1: see slaff with Monaghan at some. Point. I
0: I'm surprised they didn't do that tonight. I don't. They had one yeah. shift together that I noticed, and they were excellent. Right where yeah. where he slid up on that that line, I thought that was. I think that's the obvious thing, but they I guess they also don't want to like put too much expectations on Slav, but. I don't know. I, I think uh, that, but it'd be fun to I, watch.
1: I, I feel it's wrong to do that. Yeah. To not like, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't know. Maybe it's uh, I'm too naive or whatever, but I, I would not feel like it's putting too much pressure on Slavskowski because right now, uh, nothing's working so why not try him uh, Sean Monahan, you know I was talking about Bob a second earlier he coached him uh, and he has nothing but great things to say about him he, and it's really really sad for him the injuries I would derail his career because the guy really is a stud and you can see still the playmaking abilities he is still the second best playmaker on the Habs after uh, Nick Suzuki, obviously. Well, maybe I guess you could say Kirby Doc. I guess I would accept an argument about this, but uh, the guy is still, despite the injuries, uh, slowing down and all that, uh, an elite playmaker and uh, mostly a great leader. Like he is, uh, he seems like the ultimate team guy. So I think he would take great care of having Slavkovsky on his wing, and I would not hate seeing Brander Gallagher on the other side of that because suddenly you have two big dudes in the. Uh, Stavkovsky and Monahan, a playmaker in Monahan, Gallagher, the spark plug on the other side. Uh, I don't know. I, why not try it? I mean, you cannot. You absolutely cannot unless you're actually tanking, which I don't <laughs> think that Martin St. Louis is trying to tank. Maybe can't use try that. That's cool. No problem with it. But uh, why not? You're not going to do a whole season of having Suzuki Caulfield scoring 45% of your goals. You need to try something at some point.
0: Yeah, it's true. Although I will say, I question whether Marty was trying to lose this game in overtime when I saw <laughs> David Savard <laughs> out there in overtime for two shifts before the penalty. I don't know oh. if they just if the thought process was just he's fresh because he had that 10-minute misconduct, but <laughs> David Savard has That's his dirty. uses, but three-on-three three overtime, not what I would... Classify as one of them.
1: I mean, with all due respect, because I love that player. You're talking about a team that two seasons ago was systematically sending Phil Deneau on the the ice to start in overtime. And they were, remember, at that point, at some point in the season, 0-8 in overtime. And they were yep. like, nope, Phil Deneau. And I love Phil. Really do. But so, like, sometimes NHL coaches, like, they... Even if it's three on three, they overthink things and like they're like, "Oh yeah, Savard is gonna bring a, a presence." He did go. Uh, he was deep in the in the zone at some point, though. Yes, right? he was. <laughs> I did not hallucinate that.
0: No, there was at one point uh, in the in like the third period as well, where it was like Savard and I think it was Harris took a shift together, and the two of them were like the first four checkers down below the goal line, and I was like. Where the, where the hell are the forwards? They better be back. It's like, yeah. who decided this? But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to love that about St. Louis' system, that it allows the defenseman to do that. It's just when Savard does it, I'm like, okay, where is everybody else? Because yeah. uh, he's not getting back. Yeah. But, no, yeah it, it was interesting.
1: interesting. I, I felt like it might have been the first game of the season where at some points during the game, I negatively, negatively, sorry, um saw Harris tonight. I really, really love Jordan Aaron since the start of the season. The more I look at him, the more I see a mini Markov or Markov light, call it however you want. And I'm not trying to put the bar too high. Uh, What I mean by this is his ability uh, first to move the puck and to quietly be extremely efficient Mm -hmm. and make his defense partner look great. Andrei Markov should have taken a 10% cut of many Habs defensemen in the 2000s. Like, hello, Mike Komisarek, Hello, Sheldon Surrey. uh, Hello, Greg Wisniewski. Whoever you like. uh, Markov should have had a 10% cut on these guys. And already Harris, as a rookie sometimes, makes his partner look great. Uh, And I love that about him. But tonight, for the first time, there were at least a few plays uh we were talking uh, earlier in the in the the show how uh, the pucks was really traveling too well across the slot uh so i observed harris a few times tonight it was the first time really this season where i was like oh maybe a not a bad game but a bit of a down night for uh, for harris compared to what he has uh, already established for his own standards
0: yeah yeah I, I think that's that's extremely fair especially when i feel like Kovačević really had a really strong game especially on the penalty kill when every defenseman seemed to be getting caught for what were very clearly not penalties. <laughs> you know, like Caden Gooley gets elbowed in the head and then he like holds onto the guy as he's falling yeah. down and that's a penalty. Or David Savard just pushes a guy and they call it tripping. But uh, I thought Kovacevic on those PKs was really incredibly strong doing the thing that I find he does best of all of his skills, which is just... Sticking with a play where he'll just he'll make a commitment that he's going to like stop the puck or stop a puck carrier, and even if he makes the mistake, he finds a way to slow them up without taking a penalty, and like yeah. getting stick on puck or skate on puck. And he had a lot of breakups on the PK uh, from my perspective tonight.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great assessment, uh, and you know what you're you're talking about his ability to like just committing to a play. Ain't that what you want from a sixth defenseman after yep. all you want him not to get scored on you want him not to put yourself into trouble and not yes, to hopefully, hesitate yeah and hopefully uh kill a few penalties here and there no uh yeah i agree with you i agree with you it was a pretty decent game for uh Kovacevic tonight uh, even though defensively as a whole uh i think uh i would say a week i would say J- jake allen eats on the defenseman's uh, bill for a week after tonight's game
0: oh at, at least I mean, for the for the penalty killing alone, he, oh man, the, the saves that he's being forced to make this year. I hope for him personally that he doesn't have to deal with any major injuries because I wouldn't be surprised if that groin pops out, out again oh, because please, please, it's please. just a no. lot.
1: It's Oh no, no, please no, please no. I mean, like <laughs> that. The, the best thing that might come out of this goaltending situation right now, which is what we were talking, Allen and Montembeau playing well, is. Maybe like I'm not a big believer, but maybe this can leave Caden Primo quietly down with Laval, uh, trying to upgrade his game. Uh, I was there for one game so far this year in Laval, and I do not like. I did not like what I saw from Caden Primo. So if we can leave him there, not. F him up in the head because he has yep. to come up for a few games and gives five goals and because behind that D that might happen, honestly, uh, like this might be the best thing. So please, please, please. Motombo, Jake, like sleep tight, stay healthy, eat your greens. Uh, and Jake, I know you have a newborn kid, but man, like uh, download the, and pay for a monthly subscription of hate space or whatever for some meditation and uh, keep, keep the thing right.
0: We got a couple of questions in the comments here asking if you're a former player. I, I don't know. I think Max is too young to be a former player, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Guillaume Latardress was younger than me when uh, when he retired. No, I'm your you average go. beer league guy. Maybe I did too much, uh, too many uh, assessment of, yeah, we all know that guy. I'm strictly talking like double B quality player.
0: Rec League, guys. Beer league, having fun. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Somebody so says, is he Matthew Darsh's son? I see the resemblance there. Matthew who? Matthew Darsh, I you,
1: you think I look I, like Matthew Darsh? I
0: could Where see in that? like the chin. Yeah,
1: I could. I <laughs> oh, could yeah, see. That's so, the first oh. time I hear this one. I I've uh, been told a lot that I could be uh, Kel McCarr's big brother when I don't mm. have a five o'clock shade. That one, I guess, I can see. Matthew Darsh is the first time. That one is funny.
0: I I see a little bit. He's a handsome man, smart man. It's a good compliment. I think.
1: <laughs> well, thank <laughs> but,
0: you. But yeah, I, I think. That's probably all we have to cover for this game. Uh, oh, you know, no, the Caden gooly power move in overtime.
1: How great is oh, yeah. that? Yeah, it, honestly, Caden uh, gooly like, how do I say this in English? Um, you know, we we touched on it a bit earlier, but this so far to me is the biggest, like, I even if only not all of them, only a few of them, stay this way. But to me, this is the biggest and most pleasant surprise so far this mm. season is when you have young players. Also, it's something that makes me laugh. You know, when you, you draft players and you give comparisons and everybody's like, wow, you're putting the bar way too high. It's just a style of play, you know, and it's hopefully the, the, the ceiling and the floor. Well, so far this year, uh, Caulfield, because he's still young, let's keep him in. Suzuki, goalie Harris that like we talked a bit about earlier, even freaking Arbor Jakai. Everybody, every one of those kids, uh, they seem like they could hit much closer to the ceiling than their floor. Yep. Like, And you're talking about Guly And I think I, I think you're the one who made the power forward comment on Kaden yes, Gouley after that yeah. play on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious. But uh, Kaden Gouley is the best example because ever since he's been drafted, so obviously there was like, oh, he could be a young Shea Weber, whatever, which is high praise. Uh, and then we saw him play with Team Canada Junior, and I he was bringing some part of offense to his game. And we were like, yeah, well, maybe that won't uh, uh, progress with him in the NHL. Uh, so maybe in the NHL, at best, he's going to be a very, very solid second line, uh, second pair, sorry, defenseman. And I look at this guy, and I'm like, he's never going to be a Norris, for instance. But... Uh, I was talking for Harris about Markov earlier. You know how Markov was a very, very great first defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens for a decade? Well, if that's Harry, not in the same style of play, but if that's what it is for uh, Caden Gouley, a very good first pair defenseman without being a Norris caliber, that will be a big win. Oh, a big huge. win. And so far to me, the the biggest, um, the, the most pleasant surprise, like I was saying, is that is puck moving skill are translating so far to the nhl like you're saying on that play that he did in overtime the guy can bring it and i can't wait i don't know what they're waiting for but i can't wait to see him maybe on the second wave of power play because he he, ha- he he has it he like really the, the it factor Kaden Gooley has it and you were talking about uh forward carry price for nick suzuki well well i guess defense carry price is just shea weber but he, he has it <laughs> True too enough. like Have you seen him in interviews? The guy is just so unfazed and so, I don't want to say boring, that's not the right term, but so cool. So, and he is so young and taking big minutes, playing against big men. Uh, No, I really too love that play and love the the swagger it had to it. Yeah, to
0: to be able to pull that off in overtime, even try it as a defenseman is is wild. Go for it. It's fantastic. And I like, he's the kind of guy where if Nick Suzuki wasn't so young and already named captain, you'd be looking at Caden Gooley already. And you're like, Oh yeah. he's going to be the captain in a couple of years. Exactly. He's got that presence already. Uh, all right. Um,
1: and that's I, good. That's good. By the it way, It is good. Like, and like how Patrice Bergeron waited all his career to be captain for a short period of time at the end. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. That's a great example.
0: And he's a phenomenal leader, obviously. I mean, yeah. especially after the last week, we can say how great <laughs> yeah. of a leader he is to push his organization in the right direction. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like the one thing I want, I would like to see once things kind of shake up a little bit and some veterans maybe get moved out, whether it's this season or next, there was a couple shifts in the third period where Jack Eye was with Ghoulie and they were dynamite.
1: And I yeah. would love to see teams trying to enter the zone against those. Two. Oh, man, <laughs> that's that, that's a good one. That's a good one, because, you know, I was talking about ceiling um, to me Arbor Jakai is. I'm not even sure if Revelation. Like, we we saw him last year in camp. And we were like, who the first of all, how the heck do we pronounce that name? Second of all, <laughs> who the heck is that guy? But still, I was looking at Arbor Jakai and even throughout the camp, I was like, man, If he is, I don't know, like Glenn Murray or a bit of a more gritty Hallgill or whatever. But like I'm I'm still. His career is obviously extremely young, and the season is still extremely young. I keep tell trying to tell myself, man, don't, don't fall in love with that player because he, he's an undrafted Cusco worker from a year ago. <laughs> like it can't, it can't sustain, right? We were you were talking about Guli in overtime. Uh, there was a shift where it was Jacki. It was in the third period. He was behind the net. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he skated back. It, it should have been a two-on-one. But he skated back fast enough to get back and not give a two-on-one opportunity. I was like, oh, he actually knew what he was doing. Well, congrats, my dude. Like, he, wow. Uh, this guy, I like I'm saying, I'm try, I'm still trying not to get excited about him because he is a rookie that I thought would always be... A third, a great third pair defenseman, and suddenly you're talking about this idea of Gulin Jakai. A month ago, I would have said, Andrew, man, come on, you've knocked your head. (laughs) Me too. Me too. But now you're saying it, and I mean, we were talking about Markov sending 10, uh, getting 10% cut. Well, if I had told you, well, it might not be the greatest comparison because he was an early draft pick, but if I had told you, a few years before he became an all-star, that Mike Komisarek would one day be for at least a season or two, a great first pair defenseman. Would you believe me? No. Well, he was. It was short-lived. Yes. Uh, did the Milan Lucic fight probably shorten the span for which he was good? Probably. Yes. But uh, he, he was there for a short period of time. So you are right with the best partner possible. Uh, a big maybe. A big maybe on that. And uh I-, I would not hate to see it at some point. All right. Awesome. Uh
0: last note of the, the show from King King of the North in the chat says, give in to the hype man, stop tempering your expectations and have fun. I feel like for fans <laughs> of the team, that is pretty much the way to approach this thing. It's a great time to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Rebuilds are fun, especially at the beginning when you can see the plan laid out. Let's hope that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon continue. To go along this route and it doesn't get sped up too much but hey the kids still show promise and keep having fun uh thanks everybody for tuning in tonight it was fantastic talking to max here i was jealous that last year only julian got to have max on now <laughs> i have to we'll have to get him back again seems like everybody had fun in the chat as well before we close it out max tell everybody where
1: they can find you uh, catch me on Twitter at Max Vanut. That's M A X V A N H uh, O U T T E. For those who live in Canada, yes, this is a coffee brand. Yes, <laughs> it is uh, my ancestor. That's it. Uh, so you can catch me on Twitter and uh, all the rest of my info there. I host a show called uh, L'Estrade, which I guess would translate to The Bleachers on BPM Sports Radio. That's 91.9 Montreal. So uh, obviously it's in French, but if you like good sports talk and uh, dynamic discussion like we just had with this great host, Andrew, well, uh, catch along. Uh, it's available at bpmsports.ca if you do not live in Montreal. And if you do live in Montreal, like I said, it's on 91.9. So thanks, everyone. It was a lot of fun.
0: Fantastic. Everybody, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the show, both on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find your podcasts. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow night. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's back to backs. See you then.
1: Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.